ladies and gentlemen, this is your girl Mitty, and this is Mitty. Let's think about it today. I have a special guest, a returning guest, actually, Miss Lois Hollis. She's coming back on the show because we had such a great time last time, and she has so much experience in life that I had to pick her brain some more about her experience with lack of compassion in the healthcare field. Since she has 50 plus years in the healthcare field, I knew that her perspective was great to have on the show so that people can really think about this. I've had 10, she has 50 years. I know there's other people who have worked in the healthcare field for many years and seen this firsthand where they've seen lack of compassion, they've seen lack of respect, they've seen the prejudice, they've seen the judgment, they've seen the racism firsthand, and we've all been stuck against the wall not knowing exactly how to pursue forward. So, Louis, how are you today? <laughs> I am wonderful, and I'm happy to be 78. <laughs> Nice, nice. So what is the first thing that you can remember when you first experienced lack of compassion in the health field? Well, I have to backtrack a little because Mm -hmm. I started my nursing career as a nurse's aide when about 12 or 13. But then I went to nursing school. And at that time, let's say 1955, so something of that nature, they had three-year nursing program. And I went to a Catholic St. Joseph's Hospital. And that puts it in a whole different category where it's almost it's almost like a, and I hate to use the word religious, but it has the element of God in it. Okay. You know, we which, which I was already involved in because I used to get a mass communion every day. That's another long story. But anyway, I always felt that connection. And so it was more of a, a religious experience as well as a healing experience. And the two were joined. So I'm coming from that background. Okay where it wasn't so cut and dry as far as like buying the dress or doing this. It had emotional, spiritual aspects to it. Because, you know, our bodies are holy. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are holy. We, no matter what religion or how you think, we, our bodies, no man could think of how to make it. Yeah, I agree. So we have a spirit that makes us who we are. So we're, mm-hmm. I'm always acknowledging the spirit of the body, the physical as well, but the spirit of the body was always so important to me. And it wasn't until you start talking about things today that I thought that that wasn't as prevalent as it is today. That's true. That makes sense with what you're saying, because when you're going through things, sometimes you don't really realize it's wrong until later on in the years when you look back and realize, you know what? that didn't really make sense or that shouldn't be right just because it was okay for the time. And I think that's what we're learning now in our generation is that when we look through history and we see that, we are really acknowledging that some of the methods that we thought were acceptable back in the day, acceptable now, or it's starting to be in a movement where they're not trying to make it acceptable anymore. You know, they're trying to bring light to the darkness of those ways of being because they had, you know, religion to back it up or they had science to back it up you know they've had so many research on facts that they claimed at the time that weren't realistic to nowadays you know back then in the early 20s they always they stayed I read an article stating that they had scientific proof saying that the white man was superior than the black man well back then that was okay to think that way you know but now we know that that's not right you know so I understand exactly what you're saying so I'm coming from a place of spirit and then medicine not medicine then spirit Mm -hmm. and I think when I look at the whole area 
that's what's missing is the essence of spirit, God, in medicine. Well, we're talking about medicine right now. And, and I really want to preface this by the overwhelming challenges that are in today with the COVID and everything else that, you know, there may not be an answer because it's so comulated and people have worked 20 hours and straight and 15 hours straight and days straight. So, you know, we have to admire the people that are in the profession that are involved in this amazing catastrophic thing that's happening. However, I was in the medical field for a long time. You know, I developed the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country in the United States, and I helped. Missy, it's interesting that I was offered the job to be involved in the research and development of the kidney hemodialysis unit. And, you know, I was so excited. Do you know why I was excited? Why? Because I could have a position in the nursing field as like a director of the unit, but I also took care of patients. Mm -hmm. That's why I loved it, because when you become very successful as a nurse, what do they do? They promote you mm -hmm. and then they promote you. And then what happens? You get out of actual the physical existing. care. Yeah. So I gave a talk at the University of Pennsylvania a while ago. And my suggestion was every nurse who was a director or assistant director or a supervisor who does paperwork and evaluates needs to spend one day a week taking care of patients. Mm -hmm. It brings back the reality of why you're doing it again, you exactly. know, why you're in the health field of helping someone sincerely. So I think that what has happened to our nursing field because we have been promoted and have other people doing what we were doing because you know mm -hmm. as it in my day you know I did everything and I also was you know involved with managing the unit but the unit wasn't as large as they are today so I could be patient care like I always put myself on schedule to take care of a patient because I didn't want to lose that connection because you can't read that in the book you can't you can't read the empathy you can't read the compassion you honestly can't you're either born with it or you don't and if you don't exercise it like a muscle, it mm -hmm. goes away. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what has happened. Not because somebody's bad. It's because our organization has not allowed the administrators and the supervisors to come back and take care of patients once in a while. Mm, I see what you're saying. I like the, the way that you're stating it because for me, the way that I'm understanding it is as is that when you have the moment and the opportunity to have the time and energy to take care of someone, you feel that you are sincerely helping them. And when you are constantly put in a role where you have to juggle so many things at once and you don't have the time to juggle everything at once, that's when things start slipping up and that's when things start losing the reason that why you're in it. Exactly. Yeah. So if people just try to manage it and balance that better, then you'll see more compassion. You see more empathy in, in that field. Is that right? Yes. And that's what I think. It's not what you did personally. It's the structure because I read my University of Pennsylvania bulletin and they go through maybe a year and a half, what took me four years 
So everything is crammed in mm -hmm. to do it quickly. And yeah. I'm not saying they're not knowledgeable. They're very, very smart. But very, mm -hmm. very smart doesn't make you better with actually rubbing someone's back. Yeah, or understanding what's causing them pain or listening to what's yes. going on. I absolutely agree. And I think that's the hardest thing is that when you go into an emergency room or you go into an urgent care or even a, a regular doctor's appointment and you sincerely tell them what's your problem, problem and they blow it off as if it's nothing or they don't want to do more research and they just assume. And I think that is the reason why a lot of people were frustrated with this, especially with this COVID scare, because everybody in the beginning, everybody thought of the doctors thought it was the flu or, you know, just go home. It's cold symptoms. Nobody really knew it was COVID. You know, it got intense. So, and I know you're only one person, you know, we, you can't do, but I think that you can say to somebody, I, you know, you can look somebody in the eye mm -hmm. and say, I hear you mm -hmm. and I'm doing what I can do. And people can get that. I see you not just run away and say it, but look them in the face and in the eyes and say that to them. Mm -hmm. I see you. I understand. This is what I'm doing. And people understand that yeah. people can feel that. So that's what I'm saying. It's the feeling that we're skip over. Yes. We just skip over, but it's lost because the people that are in authority that make the rules who have the compassion are too busy supervising big clinics in Africa or Nigeria or, you know, some other place, but they're not doing it. I think this is one profession that you have to keep doing it to be the best of an administration field. Yes. And I think they also need to remember it's not just about the administration either, because if you're a nursing aide or if you're just a nurse or just and you're just helping someone sincerely then it just comes down to just being there at the moment, you know? And I think that's the important thing because it can happen in any profession, to be honest, where people can get lost in their personal life and can get lost in their fears and their own worries. But then they got to remember when they're working, they're dealing with somebody who is coming to them for sincerity, you know? And, and in sincerity doesn't take hours. Correct. You know, you can say in 30 seconds, something so profound that it really matches that person. What happened to me before I got in kidney world, I was very frustrated because mm -hmm. I couldn't take care of the patients. I was doing too much paperwork. So I did private duty nursing where I only had one or two patients that I could care for. And I know that's impossible today, but that's how that happened for me. And then I was offered the job with the kidney unit, which was wonderful because I could be administrator. I could be, I could do the time schedules and I could take care of the patients. And I went home with the patients to help them set up their kidney machine. How cool is that? Yeah, that is very cool. It's very personal. It's you know, very now personal. That, that would be a luxury to have that nowadays. So I was very happy that I combined everything that I wanted to. Because of my severe migraines and heart problems and bone problems and all the abuse I had in my life, medical world could only give me medications to stop the pain. Okay. So I remember one day the doctor said, you'll be dead in a year or two because your valve is leaking so much much in your heart that yeah. the ventricle stopped working and we can't do a heart transplant or anything because your ventricle
chemicals not even work. So there's nothing we can do for you is just keep taking your pain medicine. And that's when I switched over to holistic health. I see. And I, see. I remember that day I cried and cried because I loved the medicine so much, but they had no answer for me. And I knew that I was going to die. And also my daughter was sick with, she had a bad disease of like candida situation where her esophagus was very inflamed and all that. And so anyway, I began holistic health. And that's why I'm here today is because I went to chiropractic, I did juicing, all the herbs and all that. So I think that's one of the reasons why people in the medical field have a subconscious anger because their profession is failing them. They can't help people. So that's where that comes from because their hearts are good. It's just that the tools they're giving them or medications and medications and medications, and they see their patients not doing well at all. I absolutely agree with you. I was, for a short time, I was also working in the durable medical equipment industry, where basically I would help people with their prescriptions to the insurance companies. And I would work with a team and each team had their specialty. And I heard this one lady working with the hospital because the patient needed oxygen because she got bit by a rattlesnake. Medicare states that you need to have a pre-existing condition before you can have oxygen. So because this wasn't a pre-existing condition, Medicare wasn't going to pay for it. So this was going to be an out-of-pocket cost just to have an oxygen tank, tubing, all of that nine yards. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. You really think somebody is going to get bitten twice from a snake? You know what I mean? No, I'll be traumatized. I want to look at a snake and be like, I need you to bite me again so I can get my get my insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's baffling to me. So that's another thing that's tacking nurses, doctors, is the insurance problems of pre-existing and not pre-existing, what they can pay for and what can do. And I gave all that up because it was like insane. So that's yeah. why a lot of people are turning to holistic medicine mm-hmm. because it's more sensible. Yes. You know, it's more in the line of prevention. Correct. And the people in holistic medicine tend to be more emotionally, spiritually connected. Because they deal with plans and not harmful pharmaceuticals. They do emotional counseling. They do spiritual counseling. So it's the whole thing together that make the people administrating the care in a higher spiritual, emotional environment, which we have just talked about that's kind of lacking in the medical allopathic hospital. No, because I agree. In their toolkit, they have medicine. Mm-hmm. In the holistic, they have more emotional and spiritual health. Yeah, they do. They do. And they recognize the subjectiveness of your situation and they sincerely validate what's going on with you, you know? So, so I totally agree. And there are some centers now that bind the medical with the holistic, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the cancer industry. You yeah. know, they have a lot of these. So I think we're coming out of the darkness of the allopathic into the light of holistic. So hopefully there will be a merger because there are some good things and that are there, but they have to be not thrown down your throat, so to speak. Yes. The patient has to be aware. And this, I think this is what we can make any message to anybody today is you gotta be smart. And nobody has the right to tell you what you can or can't do. Correct. You have to own your own person. That's why I do the shame guilt thing. Don't shame guilt me because it doesn't work. And that's not a motive. 
motivator for me. Correct. So I stand on the shame guilt thing because that's what makes people angry, upset. Mm -hmm. I'm locked into this profession. I can't do anymore. The administrators won't let me do this. I can't get a day off. I don't feel good. I don't get paid. I, I don't even know the rules anymore, but there's a heavy rules in the hospital. And if you can't, you won't get a vaccine. You have to want to fire you. And, you know, they're not showing any compassion to you, your supervisor. So how can you show it to your patients? I agree. I agree. And it's kind of like you said earlier, that statement where you said that the system has failed them. I absolutely agree because they're going to showcase one thing, but then in reality, it's another game in the back. They treat it just like a regular business. And that's the sad thing about it, is that health field should not be considered just like a regular business. It can't be. Exactly. It, can't it, it can't, but then they're trying to transition it to be where now doctors barely can meet, stay with their patients longer than 10 minutes. They have to keep going and going and going. And it's all about a numbers game. How many did you see? How many people did you? And it's just nonsense because it's stressful. And then they rush the patients. I was dealing with a patient who had a lumbar surgery and his brain just didn't allow him to respond as fast as he received it. So it took him a while. And because I was the only one that was patient and waited and did not rush him in between questions and allowed him to respond in his way, he felt so grateful, beyond grateful, because I just took a moment to allow him to have his moment. And it didn't say it didn't put any stress on me, didn't put no pressure on myself. But because everybody else allows the pressure to be put on them, it was on the patient and he hated the experience. I don't blame him because a lot of patients, they feel that when they go to the hospitals, they feel like a number. Well, that's why at 66, I went to the kidney unit. So that 40s, that's a really a long time ago. I stop being a hospital nurse. Mm -hmm. I became a private duty nurse because I could not even tolerate the organization at that time. So mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what the nurses are going through at this point. They have lost so many nurses and they should because yeah. they actually turn them into robots. Correct. I agree. And a nurse can't be a robot. No. And she feels bad and she feels angry and she feels put upon and taken advantage of because who gets the money that the directors the, the the supervisors she isn't exactly. so exactly. but that's not that's really not their own focus it's just like everything is wrong so i blame the administration mm -hmm. i agree for making them works this and making them do the vaccine and making them doing all this other stuff because that is a choice Correct. and that's against the nuremberg trial so you are not allowed the organization is not allowed to dictate to you what you put in your body. And I applaud the medical field that left the field because of that, because they had to. I agree. I and agree with you. So they're finding a shortage of people and a lot of people are turning into holistic health. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But all I can say is that when you're a caretaker of someone, a nurse, a physician, an aide, you have to answer to yourself mm -hmm. of what is appropriate or not. And if it's not appropriate, bye, I bye, agree. bye. I mean, because something's better on the other side. I absolutely agree. And Ugh. my spirituality, my own self is more important because without me, there's no me. <laughs> 
you exactly <laughs> you know i'm not good to anybody yeah exactly i wish people knew that more i wish people took that into consideration you're absolutely right well people are so ridden with shame and guilt oh i can't do that against them what will they do without me or you know i'm a bad person yeah. you know it's the shame guilt thing that makes people do the wrong decisions because <sighs> sh- yeah because shame guilt like a computer virus what mm-hmm. happens to your computer when it gets a virus it doesn't work doesn't right work, yeah. when shame guilt comes into you or you make the own shame guilt yourself i'm not good enough or i should be doing this i should be doing that it distorts your mind so you're not thinking clearly Correct. you don't know it's shame guilt but that's what i have to tell people it's shame guilt that made you do a stupid thing because you're a very intelligent person but the shame guilt that the administration is putting upon you is shaming you and you're not making the same decision and you get more tired because it distorts your organs that they don't function properly mm-hmm. you're exhausted did you ever notice that when someone shames you you get really tired and when yeah. someone praises you you get you, you, you can do anything yeah that's, that's shame guilt energy mm-hmm. it makes it you stupid crazy. it makes you make wrong decisions and it makes you tired absolutely right it, that's true so if they're shaming me what do you do goodbye yeah I don't do shame guilt as much as I can remember. You know, a lot of times it's still not 100%, but I'm getting better. It's an everyday thing, you know, we always have to tell ourselves and and remind ourselves these positive things for ourselves because we've been fed so much negative to ourselves for so long. And this is another thing that is affecting the healthcare industry. People that go into the healthcare industry are very smart. You know, they're very in touch. Learn anatomy and physiology and nutrition, you know, got to be smart. And the lies that are told to the medical field about research and this is right and this this is wrong and this is right and this is wrong. Most of it is false. And they know that unconsciously. They may not know it consciously, but it doesn't sound right to them. And that's another thing of anger, resentment that comes out of that because they're not, nobody likes to be lied to. Yes, that's right? true. That's no, don't true. lie to me. Tell me the truth, but don't lie to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when these facts and figures of the date of the COVID and this and that, and now it's it's sort of crazy because they say one thing today and next thing tomorrow. So, you know, in the beginning, it was crazy, but she didn't know it was. And that factor hurts you when that level that you know it's probably not true correct correct that's absolutely right because people in the field the nurses and doctors just want to get their patients well that's the only reason they're there Mm-hmm. I want to make you healthy. And if these lies and wrong data are thrown at you, and you know there's lies, then you know they're not helping them to get healthy. Correct. Okay, that's on a subconscious level. But I think it's it's very real to people that they've been lied to. Exactly. And then they convince themselves more of the lie because they don't want to confront what they're going through inside or what they're feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And that makes them very confused. And what happens when you're fused, you're really sleepy and tired and you're done yeah, and you're exactly. just going through the motions of life. Exactly. You and start that, disconnecting that, yourself. You disconnect yourself. And what happens when you disconnect yourself? You don't have that empathy. You don't have that compassion. You're not a bad person. It's just that they shame guilt chair so much that you can't find it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Thank you. Oh, I knew that today was going to be a great conversation, Lois. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to, some advice? 
advice that you may have for the audience before we officially wrap up the show? I would suggest them to spend 15 minutes. I have three episodes now. I'mgoodfilm.com. Watch it and you'll understand what I'm saying and you'll understand what's happening to yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. I made shame guilt visible. So it's I am no apostrophe. I'm goodfilm.com. And I'll tell you all the secrets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You guys heard it first. You can find Lois's website on my website, but go check it out. If you are a visual individual like myself, I'm honestly telling you the videos that she made does really put it into perspective where you can see what you're experiencing and what she's saying really does make sense. So we're not here to convince you how to think. We're just here to help guide you in a direction that you already been looking for in yourself already. So why not keep thinking about it, right? So there's many ways to think. Just keep on thinking. And that's all that matters. Till next time, y'all. Bye.